1: Welcome back, One True Pod. Jason Kersey, how you doing?
2: I'm good, Max. It's good to be back with you again. Episode 2.
1: Episode 2, 2.0. Here we go. We have a lot to talk about. We sure do. Things are are afoot in the Big 12. (laughs) What a league.
2: What a league we cover. One
1: one week at conference play, and... uh, just sort of scrambles up all of our expectations, man. It's fun.
2: Well, it was fun. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I think when there's this parody and when people are uh, you know being upset and when there are exciting, incredible comebacks like Texas had, holy cow! How in the world did that happen? When you know Iowa State and TCU played a very entertaining game. Um, I the the Big Twelve is fun. It's always fun, even if you know people like to make fun of it.
1: It's true. I I, I would hope that some of the um, you know, Big Ten and Pac-12 fans that have nothing to do on Saturdays. I, I wonder how many of them are getting hooked on to the wildness that is this conference.
2: Um, many of them have adopted a team.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that would be a good way to go in this in this uh, interim period here. How was uh how's your experience in the uh, the old press box in Norman?
2: Max, I don't think I've ever covered a game quite like that. I've covered a lot of OU losses through the years. Uh, well, not not a lot, but you know. No, you haven't. No, you, you, you haven't. U- the usual one or two a year. The usual <laughs> yeah, one or two okay. a year. And some of them have been very mind-blowing and confusing as to how they happened. Um, but this is the first one where I, I still, days later, can't quite figure out how it is that they screwed that up and lost that game. I mean, they were they were in such firm control of it through the first half, I mean, when it, when they got 28-7, I remember thinking they should be winning by four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. All the penalties, all the turnovers. Um, and then Kansas State found something, found a leak in the OU defense. I mean, Chris Kleiman, once again, masterfully outcoached
1: Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch. So this is obviously where we have to start our podcast this week. And, and you know, we got to sort of get into this topic that I'm sure – um, you know, is very, very present in your life right now, Jason. And that is just how much should we, you know, overreact to this, this loss by Oklahoma, how much does it throw the Sooners off their course for 2020? And, uh, you know, is this a, is this a one-time deal or is this, you know, did you see some signs on Saturday of, of issues to, to, to come here? I mean, where do you kind of start? Uh, with that and you know in, in obviously in talking with Oklahoma uh, coaches and players this week just trying to, I'm sure you're trying to gauge uh, their reaction to all this. You know
2: I think they were all in pretty good moods. I mean even after the game, Lincoln Riley was in a really oddly good mood and I take that to mean I think they know they're better than that. I mean if they just clean mm-hmm. up some of the penalties on the offensive line alone, they win that game if they don't, completely screw up uh, the punt uh, protection. They probably win that game. I mean, there were just so many moments. It's like they had to do so many things wrong to lose, and they did all those things. And um, so I think they're in decent spirits, and they know that historically they have come from losses many times. Most of the time, actually, the losses that they come back from are much later in the season. So I think the way they see it is they've got plenty of time to rise back up the polls if this is their one loss. The problem, though is that a lot of those problems, you know, I don't know how fixable they are and how quickly they can be fixed because uh, the offensive line, which we all thought, I think was going to be really good this year, has not been great. Um, the uh, Spencer Rattler is human, it, it, it turns out. He's got human blood. He's a freshman. Um, turns he's a fr- out he's, a, he's, he's still a freshman. freshman. Yeah, yep. and he's a freshman. Uh, they don't have, you know. In the past, uh, Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon would have taken this game over in the fourth quarter, and yeah. and they didn't have either one of them. They didn't have Trey Sermon, the closer. They didn't have Kennedy Brooks, the guy who doesn't fumble. Freshman running back fumbles in this game. So I mean, there are very I, ri- I,
1: you know you go look at it, box score four point seven yards of carry from their running backs is just not really what you're used to seeing. From the Riley offense, and it's like, is there a difference maker there? Do, do you have to wait till Ramondre's back? I mean, you know, what do you do there? You yeah, know?
2: I, yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, McGowan, I think, can be really good, but he's a freshman and he's going to make those kind of mistakes. TJ Pledger, I don't know if he's got it. If, if and Marcus Major mm-hmm. uh, was the other guy, he didn't even touch the ball in that game. Uh, so that tells you what they, you know, how, how much faith they have in him. So there's uh, real concerns with that running game.
1: You know, it's funny. I guess when we talk about like the panic button with OU, like you're not really going to top, you know, what happened a couple of years ago when you fire Mike Stoops after Red River. Right. Like that's that's about the high bar in terms of uh, reacting to a loss. So none of that's going on this week.
2: Yes, that part is true. But at least with that deal, you knew they had Kyler Murray. And you knew that offense right. was going to be able to score a lot of points. They I mean they scored 45 points in that loss. They just for know, sure. got 48 scored on them. I think there's much bigger concerns this time about the offense than there was back then.
1: Really? It's it's interesting. I you know when Lincoln when he talks about, you know, Spencer Rattler was really good or fabulous for, you know, 85 to 90% of the game. I mean, I think that's probably a fair assessment in terms of what you saw. You saw how long it took him to actually throw a an incompletion in that game. Um but I think the the bottom line is, you know, you're they're held scoreless on their final five drives of that game, which you don't see very often. You know, three picks, one turnover on downs, one blocked punt. I mean, if you go if you go minus 3 on turnover margin, you can lose to a lot of teams in this conference. You know, that's hard to overcome regardless.
2: Actually, Max, they were 4, four to 0 on the turnover margin because they had the fumble and the three interceptions oh, you're right. and they had yeah. a blocked punt and they had a turnover on downs. So, <laughs> I mean, my god, man. <laughs>
1: Well, and it's crazy because, you know, you go you go look through the, the drive chart there and like Oklahoma's defense played generally a pretty good first half. I mean, four three and outs on their first six drives. I mean, the thing that burns you is just a couple big busts in the second half. And, you know, I think that's a credit to obviously to Kansas State and Chris Kleiman and the, the things that they do to challenge defenses. But, you know, once again, no turnovers, as, as has been talked about plenty when, when that defense has struggled under Alex Grinch. And, you know, only five TFLs. I don't know if they're getting the disruption they need, but, you, you know... I, Kansas State only ran 51 plays on, on offense, Jason. I mean, you can't really be gassed on defense when you're playing 51.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's so weird about the game is they really did play well for most of it. I mean, they just they gave up the, the 39-yard touchdown pass in the second quarter, which really should have been the first sign of trouble. And then uh, the 77-yarder, 78-yarder in the second or in the uh, third quarter. And then it was sort of off to the races. And then they had trouble stopping them at all after that. They've been pretty decent against the run, but the truth is Kansas state didn't have to run the ball a ton because they were throwing (laughs) it over their heads, which is crazy to say we're talking about Kansas state. We're not talking, we're talking about Skylar Thompson. I don't think anyone mistakes him for a, you know, an Oklahoma style quarterback who's going to throw for 300 yards, but you know, what can you do?
1: Hey, that's two years in a row, though Skylar Thompson just cold blooded against the Sooners, man. Yes, I mean he he's played his best football in some of their biggest games. You have to tip the cap to him. Um, I got I got two two stats for you here that I think you'll appreciate. One of them, um, ESPN and FBI is now projecting Oklahoma for six point four wins and three point eight losses. We, I think I'll be taking the over on that. What do What do you say?
2: Uh, that seems like a little. <laughs> <laughs> a little much, but you know what, Max, their next, uh, what three or four games are all losable. I mean, at Iowa state, Texas in the cotton bowl, um, at TCU and then at Texas tech, all four of those are losable in some form that's or an interesting stretch. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: so that's, I, I mean, that's, that's pretty, I we're, so we're, I mean, we'll, we'll get to previewing that game a little bit more, but, um, is that, is that kind of how you see it right now? I mean, do you think this is a pretty, I don't know, vulnerable time right now for the Sooners in terms of you got to turn this around really, really quickly here? It could
2: be. I mean, it, it, it really, really could be. But but the, the thing in their favor, Oklahoma hasn't lost back-to-back regular season games since 1999. They typically come out really well and play well after a loss. Uh, On the other hand, uh, as I keep flip-flopping here, on the other hand, last year they lose to Kansas State. They come out and they're dominating Iowa State, and they almost blew it uh, in the second half of that game. And that was one week, I think it was one week, after Kansas State last year. So um, I don't know what to make of this team. I I just, I don't, all we have so far to go on is uh, a blowout win over a really bad FCS team and, a really good two and a half quarters of football against Kansas state. That's what we have to go off of.
1: Well, you stole my other stat on the, the no back-to-back losses. I'll, let me tell you this though. 1999. How old is Lincoln Riley?
2: He would have been, I think a junior in high school. A mule 16 years old.
1: That yeah. is correct. Yeah. Good, good job. Good job. Yeah. 21 years, man. That's a pretty incredible run. 21 years without back-to-back regular season losses. And they haven't lost back-to-back conference games uh, since '98, you know, so John, the last year of John Blake, last year of John Blake. So, if Iowa State were to pull this off this weekend, uh, the be, you know, relative to to Oklahoma's do- dominance in this conference, like that would be pretty incredible.
2: If they were to lose this weekend, yeah, I mean, you would have to. We'd have to actually really grapple with the fact they may not make the Big Twelve championship game, which I think is kind of crazy to think about because you almost pencil them in every year. It feels like.
1: Oh, I—I I mean, uh, you, you, when you filled out the preseason Big 12 ballot this summer, Jason, like, did you did you put much thought into the top of it?
2: No, because when, I didn't either. When one team's won five in a row, it's like until someone beats them.
1: Right. It's
2: kind of crazy. I'll believe it
1: when I see it. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. All right. So we've got we've got Oklahoma in a fascinating spot this week uh, against the clones. Um, I'm I'm eager to hear about your experience going to that one. Um, Let's talk about Texas. What uh, what do you make of Texas when you talk about, uh, you know, maybe slightly inconsistent performances there? Uh, Texas Tech game <laughs> was absolutely a thriller, the best that the Big 12 has to offer in terms of uh, just a, a ridiculous shootout. Um, you know, you pointed this out with Lincoln Riley. Tom Herman's been kind of in a good mood, too. I think he's really actually proud of his team. And you got me thinking about, you know, back when we were doing the State of the Programs this summer, I talked with him about, you know, what it would take for Texas to play to their potential this year. And, you know, obviously the grasp of the new systems with the coordinators is really important. But the thing he brought up is, you know, there kind of needs to be a belief and a swagger, um, you know, if you're going to be a championship team and, and they, they, you know, they haven't really had that. Like you have to get it from, you know, winning close games. You kind of have to manufacture that and you have to do that on a consistent basis. And, you know, in the past we've seen – You know, that kind of doubt creep in for Texas that, you know, they can definitely spiral when things get bad. So I wonder if he kind of looks at that one and says, hey, this is the kind of, you know, the confidence and belief kind of boosting game uh, that they needed. But I would say that's probably the optimistic interpretation. And, And the other side of that would be, oh boy, that defense.
2: Hey, you know what? You When you said he's proud of his team, he should be proud of his team. That was a badass comeback. That really was. was. I mean, that was awesome.
1: I mean, 15 I, points in three <laughs> minutes. That's, I mean,
2: that's very hard to do. I was leaving the OU press box right around the time that Texas Tech rushed for that long touchdown that put them up. I think put them up 15, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're with about three minutes left. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, Texas and Oklahoma are going to lose on the same day. Unbelievable. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then I was listening to local radio on the way home. And I get home in time to see. Wait, they're in overtime. So I missed the. I missed the onside kick. I missed all of it.
1: Oh, I mean, there. There's another just like classically beautiful onside kick there too in that game uh, by by Dicker. I mean, that's that's what if they don't make that, it's over. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's 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 definitely been one of the takeaways on this one. It's just like you know, you talk to all these Texas players, and they're just awed by you know by their quarterback by by Sam Ellinger you had heard one of them this mm-hmm. week comparing him to Tom Brady i mean i think they're they have that belief that uh you know that you can be down two scores uh with 3 minutes and have have a lot of faith that that dude's going to get the job done and uh you know may they probably need those kind of games but man that is you know their dc chris ash said uh, this week that uh he didn't even count up how many missed tackles they had in that game it was it was way too many um, and that's that's one thing you're curious to see with them is how long it took them to get get right defensively. You had what a, just a bizarre game, though, man. I mean, you just yeah. all the special teams, um, <laughs> you know, extreme plays that happened in that game. Um, you know, to score that many points without a ton of total yards on either side of it. Um, I don't know. I guess, do you, do you chalk that up to being kind of an outlier, or do you think Texas is going to be kind of a, a cardiac team this year?
2: I don't know. Um, I, I'm I can't wait to see what happens in the Cotton Bowl. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but I think that could be a really fun game. I do wonder though if te- if Oklahoma had not lost, would we be talking about the Texas game a little differently? I mean, what, mm-hmm. do, do, I mean, the fact that they came back and won, they withstood you know the challenge from one of the teams in the lower part of the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, what on the same day Oklahoma lost it, but if 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 they gave up fifty six points to Texas Tech. And OU had won. I mean, would we be talking about this a little bit differently? Would be talking about how
1: they got exposed or something like that? Yeah,
2: that's what I sort of wonder. And I don't know. I'm not even saying that's fair. I just wonder if that's the conversation we'd be having.
1: No, I mean, it's a good point. Um, and that's where, you know, it, it, just as we talked about with Oklahoma, it's hard to, you know, kind of balance out two performances and kind of split the difference of what kind of team are they going to be, you know? Um, and I think that's what makes this week's game so interesting for Texas. Um you know, they've got TCU. And we all know Gary Patterson's, you know, 6-2 and against Texas since they joined the Big 12. They've won five of the last six. Um, I looked it up. You know, they've held Texas to just under 17 points per game since 2012 offensively. Um, That's wild. The the Frogs always get up for that game. Gary Patterson always has a great plan for that game. Um, Texas probably should have won in Fort Worth last year, had kind of some fluky interceptions, and and TCU took advantage. But um, this is... This is a huge test. I mean, and and it was in 2018, too, in terms of figuring out if Texas was legit, was their home win over TCU and the way they pulled away in that one. Um, Do you you think, based on the stuff you saw against Texas Tech, do you you look at this one and just say, yeah, Texas is probably on upset alert like usual here?
2: I think you have to, especially given the recent history that you just described. I mean, it's kind of... Uh, again, one of those things that Texas needs to beat them and and uh, kind of prove that they're they belong uh, in, in that upper part of the Big Twelve. I I will say this though, man, I I think TCU is pretty good. I know they lost, but I, I watched that game and I'm kind of impressed with TCU for, for that being their first game. And and you know maybe if Max Duggan plays the whole game, they yeah. win. I you know I think Iowa State and TCU are both still pretty good teams, but. Uh, so yeah, I think Texas should be on upset alert.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's I think you're right about TCU. Um, it's been interesting this week to hear them say that uh, you know Max Duggan's heart condition is is quote unquote solved that everything is is good on that. Um, I, they they felt like he was still playing catch up so much that you couldn't start him in that game against Iowa State. But I think you know once he did come in, certainly I think that gives everybody more confidence when he when he's the guy there. And so. Um, You know, it's an it's a it's an interesting test for them. Uh, You know, I'm glad you point out that is their opener, right? It's just that's such a tough challenge, even even in playing it at home um, to get the Cyclones for your first game like that. Um, And a team that I think we knew was really hungry and really needed to bounce back after the loss to Louisiana. Uh, Hard for me to get a good read on TCU, but I think the potential's there for sure uh, for for kind of a classic Gary Patterson game this week.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, the game is in Austin. Although I don't know, man, do, does home field even really matter as much anymore this year? I I, I can't decide whether how much stock I should put into that.
1: Uh, yeah, with the, with the crowds yeah. being
2: smaller, I I, I don't know.
1: I, I I'm with you. I think it's maybe like the inconvenience of having to travel is maybe the thing that 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 is the disadvantage. Just you know, with with all of the you know, restrictions and, and, and everything, you know, all the procedures you have to follow, you know, maybe that's, maybe it's just not very fun to go on the road this year. And, and, and that's the advantage for the home team there, but you're right. In terms of the crowd and and the game day atmosphere, um, just very, really, really different.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it totally is. It fe- it feels different, you know, in the games that I've covered so far, it feels uh, it feels a little bit different, but, uh, but then, you know, at the same time, once the game starts, it it's mostly feels different. I feel like in the pregame and in the walk to the stadium, but the actual game, you sort of forget about it. I feel like when you're there and, and Lincoln Riley has said, and I, I don't know if other coaches would agree that they can, they've gotten very good at drowning the crowd out anyway. So I, I don't know. I don't know how much it matters. I just thought it was interesting.
0: It's hard. It's hard to watch it on TV too with the fake sound, right? Like it's hard to
1: yes get a good sense of what the real atmosphere is.
2: Yeah, and then the cardboard people, which is just—I mean, I, I get it, but it's also very weird to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, shout out to the Broncos for their South Park cutouts. I thought that was awesome, awesome innovation in that space. I think that's you want to see way more of that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a weird deal. I did mean to ask you. I want to come back to the the game you covered this weekend. Just what did you think of what, what were your impressions from getting to watch Kansas state live? I think obviously there was some skepticism about where they were at after the Arkansas state game. Uh, again, a really hungry team that had two weeks to get healthy and and, and get better. They were still missing a lot though um, in that game, especially in the secondary. I was blown away by that. What, what was it like for you to once again, kind of see, you know, what a Chris Kleiman team can look like when they're really clicking.
2: I've, f- I feel like my takeaway is that I mean, and I said this on the pod to, sh- to give myself a shout out to last week. I thought twenty eight points was a crazy point spread. Crazy. And the reason we called that, yeah, was because was because. Uh, if you aren't ready to play Kansas state, whether Bill Snyder's the coach or whether Chris Kleiman's the coach, I don't know if there's something in the water in Manhattan, they will kick your ass if you're not ready to play and OU in the second half wasn't ready to play. And so that's the thing that sort of is my takeaway is now two years in a row. I've watched Kansas state play against Oklahoma the way I've watched Kansas state play against Oklahoma since I've been following college football, which is a lot of times those are tough games for OU. 'Cause Kansas State is not afraid of anybody. And yep. my second takeaway is Deuce Vaughn is awesome. <laughs> he is so much fun.
1: He I think he'll quickly become a favorite of this podcast and and hopefully the listeners. I I mean that dude is uh, is really special. You saw you saw glimpses of it against Arkansas State, but the way that he can, you know, as a running back, the way he can sneak behind blockers and, and, and find a find a hole and cut and go. Is really special, but then you saw Jason in that game when they go put him in the slot and just give him some some quick little route, uh, almost like a Texas route. There, um, those DBs don't know how to how to handle it.
2: No, they don't. He reminded me, and maybe for the Kansas State listeners here, I really hope this doesn't this isn't like seen as a lazy comparison. But the first thing I thought of is Darren Sproles. That's like a lazy he,
1: comparison. You can do better than that.
2: But that's what I thought of, man. <laughs> it's like a little, a little back in a Kansas State uniform, killing OU on the ground and through the air. I mean, it. It. it I'm sorry. If it, that's does, lazy. it does. It does. Genuinely I get that.
1: We. We. I don't know that we can. find The problem is I don't know if we can find a better comp than than Darren Sproles. We'll. We'll try. We've got a few years to figure it out. But that's going to happen right away. He's so fun to watch. Five five, really really fast. Uh, really talented guy out of Cedar Park, Texas. That I think the. You know, it makes sense that he ends up in a Big 12 offense, but you would think more of these schools in the Big 12 would have coveted a guy like that. Um, you know, certainly TCU's had those kind of guys like Turpin too. But I mean, really fun to watch. And you know, the thing about K State, you mentioned it about how they they can just kick your ass when you when you catch them the wrong way. Um, I, what I like about Kleiman's teams and, and probably this comes from their staff's experience of winning championships. And, you know, this is like Chris Kleiman, like wasn't going crazy after that game. Like he's won a bunch of national titles. Like this was his, it was all very like calm. And matter of fact, how he explained how they pulled it off because this dude's been on the biggest stage a lot and he's won a lot. But I think what's cool about those teams is it, you, you've seen a, a bunch of times, Jason, where Oklahoma can be playing poorly and, and can give other teams like a lot of chances. K State's one of those teams that if you give it to them, they're they're gonna take advantage. They're gonna capitalize. And it's there's a lot of times when you've you know, last couple of years we've seen Oklahoma not play their best game, play a close game, but that other team, you know, they missed the two point conversion, or they they just can't they can't get that take take that next step of uh capitalizing off turnovers or, or, or their chances and and pulling away. And K State can definitely do that.
2: That's a really great point because that that's what happened last year in the two games in Norman that OU uh, managed to hold on, TCU and Iowa State. I mean, there were things like a missed two-point conversion. There was a failed fourth down in the TCU game, fourth and one. I mean, there's a lot of those sorts of moments that, that just didn't go their way. And to be to be honest, in the Iowa State game, OU fans may not want to hear this, but in the Iowa State game, Parnell Motley committed pass interference on that two-point play. <laughs> and it's not even really close. Yeah, so, so and Ferdy just, missed the <laughs>
1: open guy on that, too. It's, that, yeah. too. That too.
2: So, I mean, those things sort of fell their way. But in this game, everything fell Kansas State's way. And good for them, man. Kansas State, Kansas State's just fun. I think they're just a fun program. I'm glad I get to watch them play every year because you kind of never know what to expect.
1: And you have to give credit to Gene Taylor. I remember when when that hire was leaked out about an hour before it was official. I, re- I, I remember, and I'm sure a lot of folks remember, there were a lot of pissed off tweets that night of people saying, Gene Taylor's just hiring his guy from North Dakota State. You know why didn't we get? Um, you know there's a few different coaches that they wanted. Definitely, Seth Luttrell was was kind of at the top of that list in terms of what the fans thought they should hire. And I remember there was a ton of skepticism right away about that hire. But um, you know it's what a great in, instant fit he's been for that program. They he's been able to take what they have and and win with them um, and and really. You know, kind of continue the culture that's been there and not have to rip it all down, which I think is is a huge help for any new coach. But, um, man, that guy's that guy, as I like to say, that guy has rings for a reason. Man, he's he's he and his coaches are really really good.
2: Yeah, they they, they really are. And 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 then I also just think it's worth mentioning too. I mean, to be able to get your team up for that game you know after they've lost to, to Arkansas State in the opener they're missing all those guys they don't know if they're even going to be able to play until Friday until the day before the game yeah and they get up and come down and pull off that comeback in Norman that is incredibly impressive i mean that they they deserve a ton of credit for that
1: they do they do absolutely you look at the rest of the conference right now i think that certainly iowa state and oklahoma state um you know, thought they bounced back nicely last last Saturday, um, in in pretty important wins. You know, Oklahoma State could could get a real challenge there from West Virginia. You, you figured they might, and they did. And uh, you know, we're able to do just enough um, in terms of of making those those game changing plays. And and Shane, I thought Shane Nielingworth was fine. It seems like uh, Mike Gundy wants to play Sanders Sanders this week, which is kind of an interesting choice. You know, they've got Kansas and they've got the idle week, so you've got time to get him healthy and and and, and feeling 100 percent, but i think they also know that after that idle week there's a bunch of really tough games ahead so you want to maybe get him those game reps that, reps that he really didn't get any of in the opener so curious to see you know where they go there um what's your what's your read on oklahoma state just uh obviously an easy one this week but are are we uh, you know are we kind of sleeping on oklahoma state and and maybe even kansas state in terms of can this these be two teams that that do get on a little bit of a roll here and uh, and you know kind of hold down the top of the standings with Texas?
2: Yeah, I I'm very Oklahoma State is fascinating because you know they have the rough opener against Tulsa um, and. and it's, it's almost like uh, Gundy didn't trust Illingworth to play him in the Tulsa game until until he kind of had to. Mm-hmm. And now it doesn't really feel like he's letting him run the offense, which I sort of understand. He's a, fr- a true freshman. But it's like, I, I you know, I wonder when Sanders is back in there when they sort of can rev that thing yeah. back up. And if that's the reason, maybe he wants to to get him back as soon as possible.
1: I, I think the way LD Brown's playing right now and the way Chuba's playing, I think that, that helps a ton to take the pressure off that you don't have to um, be taking you know big shots here. You can you can kind of lean on that run game right now still, and I think LD the way LD, LD Browns played in their first two games I think is is very encouraging that this is not the Chuba Hubbard one man show where he Chuba's got to get thirty five carries a game. I think that that balance in the run game there I think is going to be really important.
2: Well, yeah, I was about to ask Max is Chuba Hubbard the best running back on the team right now? Because I mean, look, I don't want to be crazy, but right now. I mean, he's fumbling a lot. Like LD Brown is, I mean, I don't know. L- to me, LD Brown's a-
1: running really hard right now. This is, yeah. this is the best he's ever played for yeah. Oklahoma state for sure. And I think, I think that probably helps a lot in terms of using Tylan Wallace back into action in terms of easing this quarterback situation. Um, you know, letting, letting that receiver group, uh, continue to develop a little bit, you know, it's an interesting challenge for their offensive line, which I thought was a little bit better this week, but it's still, you know, still remains to be seen kind of where they're going. And, uh, You know, defensively, though, I think you're still pretty, pretty pleased with what they've shown. So, uh, you know, the Oklahoma State and Kansas State, I think with the schedules they have, like there could be a little bit of a run ahead here, you know, where where these teams, um, you know, do look like they can kind of pose a real threat. And and certainly we're curious to see, you know, did you get a chance to watch Baylor very much um, in their opener against Kansas? I I, I caught a, a, a fair amount of it, but. Um, you know the schedule sets up, I think, fairly well for them too in terms of uh, of some some potentially winnable games here to start off.
2: Yeah, I I didn't get to see much of the of the of the Baylor uh, Kansas game, but I mean I was a little bit high on them and you know before the season, and I mean I I think they're an interesting team. I, I the whole league is interesting, man. It's just like we said earlier. I I I just. Really, with with the exception of Kansas, I, I think it's it's interesting from top to bottom because <laughs> West mean, Virginia is it, West Virginia is getting better. I think yeah. I think you can see them getting better in real time, and so anyway,
1: sorry. yeah. No, it's funny. I when I went to to Kansas in in uh, February right before everything shut down to do the state of the program, we talked about you know talk with Les Miles and his people there about their quarterback situation. And not one person mentioned Jalen Daniels to me. So a oh, um, little, little surprising to see the true freshman get the start against Baylor. Uh, that, that's not to say that they didn't think he could be any good or anything. It just never really – that name never really came up in terms of talking about the three guys they had and the competition they had going uh, in the offseason. So, you know, you, you heard on the broadcast there were some comparisons to Nick Marshall just in terms of the athletic ability and stuff like that um, from from Brett Dierman's Sam at Auburn. But – Boy, that that is a uh, that's an, a tough test there to just throw a, th- a true freshman uh, into a Big Twelve road opener uh, against a, a, a Baylor defense that's still got some pretty good players there.
2: Yeah, you you wonder. If, I mean, if that can be good for him though down the road. I mean, he he's getting this experience and and he sort of gets. Uh, I to- guess
1: if you're less miles, you have to you have to pick out some younger guys and say here's who we're building around and here's who people should get you know excited about that hey can we turn this into a three or four yes. year guy for us you know
2: that's yeah that and that i think was was yeah they you might as well around the young guys because i mean when are they going to win a game max i i i i'm looking at their schedule right now and i don't know that i see a win on there the rest of the way maybe west virginia if they get lucky i i don't know
1: yeah, they you know they have the toughest schedule in the Big Twelve because they don't get to play against Kansas, and you know
2: I, <laughs> that's a good one. That took me a second actually, but I was like, yeah, oh yeah. Okay. But that and you
1: know and that's why the coastal game was so important because you want to try and get one of those in non conference play and, and get a little bit of momentum going and, and build some confidence. And that uh, that game certainly uh, does the opposite of build confidence the way they played in that opener. So. I don't know. Even in doing the state of the program on them, it's hard to pick out like, all right, what's that one week where they're catching a team um, at just kind of the perfect time? And you know, maybe, maybe with how chaotic the season is, there there will be that week, Jason, where yeah, you know, they play some team who's missing you know twelve or fifteen important players, and it's it's kind of a dogfight. That I, I don't know though. Like it's it's hard to circle one on the schedule there and say. This is this is KU's big chance.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I, and that's a good point is that this is such a weird year anything can happen. I mean, if uh yeah, if Kansas catches, I don't know, if you know
1: if, I mean, they've beat TCU, they've yeah. beat Texas like they're certainly yeah. it's certainly not impossible, but I yeah. mean it's boy, that is uh that is a rebuild with a capital R still, mm, you know. Yeah.
2: I I and I just don't I'm still very skeptical that Les miles is the man to get that done, but as uh, you know but I guess we'll see.
1: Uh, so I, so as we kind of wrap up looking back here a little bit try and look forward, you know the, I think the, the big question here coming out of this first week of conference play, you know, did week one of big 12 play fundamentally change anything about the way we view uh, this conference and, and and maybe especially the the as we talked about the hierarchy at the top there um, you know, do you think? I guess we'll spin it forward here. I mean, the Big 12's playoff chances. is At this point, do you feel like – I'm certainly not ready to rule out Oklahoma, but do you think Texas is the Big 12's um, only or maybe best hope at this point? Oh,
2: man, that, that's so hard to say because OU has always come back from these losses – To make it and this loss was so early, but, but I mean, as it stands today, yes, I think probably so. They have an experienced quarterback. They're very talented. Uh, They've proven an ability to win on the road when it's, you know, when they've, when they're in incredibly difficult uh, circumstances. I mean, this maybe this is finally Texas's year. I don't know, um, but but right now, as it stands today, I think they are. But I I still think Oklahoma State, if they get on a roll, if Sanders comes back, if Chuba stops fumbling the ball, and you know, I, I still think that Oklahoma State could could potentially make a run because so much of this too depends on what happens in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 because they're not playing yet. They're not going to play for another month. Um, and they've got, especially in the big 10, they've got those super strict restrictions. I like if Ohio state is a four and one big 10 champion, are they going to get in, you know, like that's where, that's where this stuff is so complicated.
1: Well, and we saw the, you know, the news kind of came out today that, that Larry Scott, the PAC 12 commissioner, you know, went and asked the playoff folks, Hey, what, what do you think? Can we try and do an 18 playoff this year? And he was pretty pretty easily rejected on that one i uh i've i've always thought that that larry scott should be focusing a lot more of his efforts on getting that changed i I think that would solve some of the perception problems in the pac 12 and and i think uh, i imagine i mean do you agree that you you wish it was an 18 playoff this year jason
2: um yeah well I've, i've always wanted it to be an 18 playoff but uh at the same time i you know God, I don't know why not this year. You're letting you're letting <laughs> teams with three wins into bowl games. I mean, right. w- why not? Man? We're
1: tossing all the other rules out, right? But at this point, but I
2: still feel like you expand it to 8. There's still in my mind I, only a very small handful, two or three teams that I think can actually win it, you know? So it's like are we just going to subject ourselves to more playoff blowouts if we expand you're,
1: it? You're talking about Alabama, Clemson and UCF, right?
2: Yes absolutely yeah uh, yes you you okay. nailed it but you you know okay. what i mean like there's just not that many teams i think that that are legitimately talented enough to win that and if you expand it to eight is there just going to be more blowout playoff losses which everybody is tired of anyway i mean that's yeah i think especially in a weird year like this so but 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 you know well, what? what I, the hell yes i'll say yes after all of that i'll uh, say yes
1: thank you thank you that's what i wanted to hear you know i think like I, you're right to point to the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and say, well, what, how do they factor into the playoff deal? I think even a game this week like Georgia Auburn um, is is probably if you're like if you're the Big 12, you probably need to be watching these games carefully too because you know I definitely think Georgia will come out of this as a team that that could have one or two losses um, and and even if even if that means they're in the the SEC title game um, and that's that's no sure thing with the way Florida has looked uh, in their first game too against Ole Miss, but. Um, you know, I think you're talking about – I think it's important that the SEC runner-up not be a one-loss team, or, you know, a, a really, really good team that's, that's sort of automatically tossed into the playoff there. So I think it's like how much do you overreact to Oklahoma's one loss? It kind of just depends on – I sort of assume that a lot of teams are going to come out of this – um, you know how to, how to put this? I don't think we're gonna have very many undefeated teams this year. Do you? Like, no. I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine. It's hard to see Clemson losing a game just with the way their league is. Obviously, Notre Dame can test them, and they might play Notre Dame twice. But, um, you know, I it I kind of think that like from Oklahoma's standpoint, I could sort of see the argument that this one loss is kind of the freebie uh, in terms of the playoff chances they've gotten in before. Obviously, with one loss, but.
2: You don't you Boy. don't you don't think that Miami can challenge Clemson this year? You're not oh, a believer. Oh, I
1: shouldn't I should not leave out the Canes. Yeah. I mean they're they look <laughs> really really good. They really have. Um it's uh it's fun to see Derek King playing again and playing at a really high level. It's fun and, to see uh, Miami
2: good. I just I like when yeah, Miami is good. It feels right when Miami's good. I do have to say in your uh in your wrap up, your Saturday wrap up, you mentioned the worst reverse that play from that game. Uh, That, that is one of the worst plays I've ever seen, but another one of the worst plays I've ever seen happened in the big 12. And I have to mention it. Brock Purdy's fumble slash interception is one of the worst things I've ever seen. What, what was that? And how does a guy who's played as much as he has do something like that? You know?
1: Yeah. The, the backwards interception is a hard thing to pull off in general, you know? Um, that was that was wild. Um, that was <laughs> that is as much of a freebie uh, for a, a DB getting a pick six as you'll ever see. And it, um,
2: it's not even a pick six; it's a fumble return. Right? It counts God, as a fumble.
1: How did I leave that out of takeaways? That's pretty shameful of me. Um, <laughs> well, I just, that was, that I, just was wild. I
2: just watched that game. I finished watching that game today, and I, I saw it, and I hadn't really— You had
1: to scream when you saw that. I was like, yeah.
2: what did I—I I had to rewind it and watch it a couple more times. Like, that is—that's like Brandon Whedon. You remember Brandon Whedon, when he was at the Cleveland Browns, had a really mm-hmm. horrific interception like that. Like, just—he, like, tried to flip it, like, option pitch it forward. It was like—as he was going oh, okay. out of bounds— yeah. yeah, I mean that's what it reminded me of. Like just one of the worst plays I've ever seen. I don't know what Brock Purdy was thinking.
1: That's a that's a that was an unlucky one for sure on, on Brock Purdy's part. But in, in an otherwise good game for him, and and what a what a great test for him this week in terms of uh, kind of a legacy game for him once again. Um, he's already already beat a bunch of really good teams, so that's going to be fun. Let's let's get into this weekend ahead here. Um, First off, I mean, you ready to make some picks? You feeling good? You feeling confident? Did we even go back and count last week's picks? We probably should have.
2: Yeah, we should Probably have. a thing
1: we should do. We should have done that. We need to keep track of it. Let's pause and do that real quick. And we're back after a lot of tabulating and debate. You know, Jason, turns out we kind of picked games straight up and we kind of picked them against the spread last week, but we kind of didn't totally do do one or the other. Good job by yeah. us.
2: Yeah, we really didn't think any of this through before we decided to start keeping track. You know, a few minutes ago. So, uh, yay, this is a new podcast. We're allowed All right. to make it up as we go along.
1: Right. Well, according to the standards, which again I'm making up right now, I went four and one last week, and you went two and three last week. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. We are going to pick games against the spread now. Um, that's that's what we're planning to do going forward, and we sort of kind of did that last week. So.
2: Yeah, but since I did bad, can we actually just do them straight up? Because I think I did better straight up. I'm just kidding. Obviously, I'm kidding. I don't, I like.
1: I prefer to pick against the spread. Do we need to spread. pause again to talk this out? I don't, no, Do not want to take no. this off air? Do we want to go into arbitration on this? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. No, I, I think we should stick to against, uh, obviously, against the spread. Because that's a lot more fun. Okay. So let's, let's do it.
1: Let's do it. All right. Start us off here. Week five. I guess it's technically week five. TCU at Texas. Texas, uh, twelve point favorite at home against Gary Patterson, who has uh, very consistently had their number. Jason, what are you thinking?
2: Give me TCU plus twelve, and give me TCU straight up. TCU wins the Ooh. game. I'm calling it. Yes. Please elaborate. I think that T. I think TCU is better. Uh, than a lot of people think, I, th- I, I think that now that Duggan is back and looked really good, especially he looks so good given that Gary Patterson said after the game, I, I, you know, repeatedly said, if you guys knew all he went through, if you knew all he went through, well, God, if, I mean, for him to come and play the way he played and almost bring them back, I think they're I think they're going to be good. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with TC. I'm going to, I'm going to pick the upset.
1: Okay. Wow.
2: Are we? Are, but but are we keeping track of the straight up in addition to the against the spread or why no? Why are you trying that to make matter? this more complicated? I'm. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's I, I not, love the no.
1: boldness, though. If you want to say what you're thinking straight up, then I, I'm not going to stop you. Let's I think just see what we're
2: thinking, but we don't have to keep track of that. We'll keep track of against the spread. Okay. All right. That's what we're going to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is all extremely clear to our listeners. Okay. I'm going to say. Texas finds a way to win. I I think I I like TCU plus twelve. Okay, that's where yeah. I'm
2: at. Yeah, I think I think we agree.
1: I think Texas put enough on tape though uh, last week that TCU is probably feeling like they've got a good plan. Like they're they're going to be able to hit some things against Texas uh, and take advantage of the fact that uh, you know that this is still a team that's a little bit of a work in progress, uh, or a little bit unpredictable as they work through having you Know two new coordinators and, and are still kind of trying to get that stuff down, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I, absolutely. So, I yeah, so I, I like TCU, uh, like I think we both do. A uh, Baylor and West Virginia, what, uh, what do you think about Baylor and West okay. Virginia?
1: We got Baylor minus three on the road in Morgantown. Um, I, I'm inclined to pick Baylor, and it's hard to like feel strongly about where they're at. I thought you certainly saw the running back duo um, of, of Ebner and Lovett looked really, really good in that game. I think those guys are really underrated. Um, and, and I think we'll start to kind of figure that out over league play that they've, they've got a pretty good rushing tack to build around. Um, I, I like Baylor to win this game, but wouldn't really in and to cover, but I really wouldn't be shocked if it went the other way.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, Again, like like I said earlier, I think West Virginia is is getting better, and, and I think we're getting better right before our eyes. And um, I, I don't know that they're ready to win this game because I, I do think Baylor is is pretty pretty good. But uh, so I, I'll take Baylor, but I'm with you. I, I don't think that I'd be terribly surprised if West Virginia found a way to win at home.
1: Yeah, I, I also don't think that this will be a replay of the all time great Baylor West Virginia game. Um, that I keep seeing highlights of this week on Twitter. Of uh, you remember the 2012 game, right?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. West Virginia Incredible. had a t- games like that that year. I covered oh. one of them. Oklahoma West Virginia that year was crazy.
1: Tavon like, baby, Tavon. Tavon and Stedman, man, that that and, and Gino, that offense was unreal. Um, I think this I'm, will be a pretty low scoring game. I think this will be very different. A lot of time has passed. After uh, that,
2: I was, I I was uh, sorry. I have to say, I was so in love with Tavon Austin after that game I made a bet with my friend that he would be a pro bowler within five years and um, I was very wrong Uh,
1: I mean this we could really get (laughs) off track here talking about the career of Tavon Austin I'm with you that's the that's the guy that you watch him and it's like it's so frustrating that he just never went to the right place you know
2: yeah exactly
1: like why isn't he playing for like the Chiefs Oh man, he would be great there. God. Of course, they would know how to. They would know what to do with him. It's it's frustrating. I
2: kind of thought the Cowboys would though. Anyway, okay, we need to yep. move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: Nothing but love and respect for Tamon Austin. Okay, Oklahoma State on the road uh, against the Kansas Jayhawks. Cowboys are a three touchdown favorite on the road. What do you got?
2: You know, I'm. To pick Kansas State plus or Kansas plus 21 only because <gasps> sometimes there's just these weird games. Oklahoma State's offense hasn't been great. Uh, if Sanders doesn't play, then maybe they I I, I, I do not think they're in any danger of losing, but I could see Kansas covering here. So I guess I'll be bold and, and pick that since I've had that long wind up. Oh I guess I guess I've talked myself into it. Kansas plus 21.
1: Okay, I think Oklahoma State covers the twenty-one in the first half. Let's move on to the next game, uh, Texas Tech. <laughs> That's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 think that Oklahoma State will, uh, will have no. This will be the cure to whatever uh, you know sort of uh, issues they may have had on offense. I think this will you'll go get right back to being that explosive attack that we kind of all expected this week. Um, just with where Kansas is at, uh, not a ton of faith in Kansas right now uh, until they start showing. You know, reason to believe. I got your uh,
2: back, Jayhawks. I've got your
1: back. Clearly, yeah. Um, okay, next game: Texas Tech at Kansas State. Uh, Ema is a two and a half point favorite at home. What do you think?
2: This is a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I, I think this is a really tough one. Because, yeah. Because, um, just oh, man, I, 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 I think I'm going to go with Kansas State. Maybe it's because I just saw them, but I, I think I'm going to go with Kansas State. But you know, because I'll be honest, man, I thought Texas Tech was horrendous after the first game when they beat Houston Baptist in overtime. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they were just—I I was, you know, thinking about them down towards the bottom of the league, and then they sure. come out and almost beat Texas. And so I don't really know what to make of them. And I guess you could say the same thing about Kansas State um, with, with the way they opened the season. But I'll go—I'll go, I'll go with Kansas State but uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it went the other
1: way. I, you know, I think there were definitely a lot of moments last weekend in Lubbock where you could see, okay, this is what healthy Alan Bowman looks like. Um, TJ Vasher making crazy plays, easy making big plays. You know, Sir Roderick Thompson pops the 75-yarder there at the end. Um, you've seen the potential that this Tech offense can be, can do a lot of damage. And so – I i do think this is a little bit of a bounce-back weekend for them, um, where where I think their heads will be in the right place and in, in trying to avenge, uh, you know, such a, a a tough loss and not letting them beat them twice and all those kind of cliches. But I do think Kansas State will cover at home.
2: Yeah, um, I, I I agree, and and um, Oklahoma Iowa State, man, this is a really this is a really interesting one too because Sooners are a seven-point favorite. Um, You know, again, like we said earlier, OU doesn't lose back to back regular season games hardly ever. They haven't in in more than 20 years. Um, And that's why I think I'm going to pick OU to cover. I do think that Bailey is going to give their tackles a lot of trouble. Um, That guy is so good. And yeah. and they've and really they've got a lot they've got good players all over that defense and but especially him he stands out given OU's offensive line problems given the fact that they've got a true freshman probably going to start at left tackle um, in Anton Harrison I, I could see them giving them some trouble but I'll take OU
1: to cover. Do you feel like it's almost like Iowa State's playing Oklahoma on the wrong week? You know where it's mm. like this the, you could have. If if Oklahoma had had kind of taken care of business against K State, this would be the week where Iowa State kind of catches OU sleeping That's, and does what K State did. Like maybe it's just and instead you get like a really pissed off Oklahoma team going up to Ames. You know what I mean?
2: Right? Yeah, I, I I very much agree with that. This this could be a game where they maybe were more of a threat of losing if they hadn't just lost. But yeah, um, but I you know on the other hand, this is Spencer Rattler's first road start and he's already shown. That you know, as a freshman, he's you know sometimes he gets a little, little bit antsy back there in the pocket. I think, and mm-hmm. um, you know, with a, with an offensive line that's been questionable, and with that defensive front, Kansas or Iowa State could cause them a lot of problems. But I I, I will stick with OU minus I, seven.
1: I'm with you. I think it's been been great to see a healthy Jaquan Bailey. Um, he was he really was disruptive against TCU um, and and was back to form. Um, interested to see if Latrell Bankston can, can be that guy they need in the middle that can be, be disruptive. Um, Because this Oklahoma line, as you've, as you've acknowledged a couple times now is you've got some, some interesting question marks there in terms of just the consistency of play. Um, I do think Oklahoma wins and covers, but I want to be very clear. I definitely am still a believer in this Iowa state team. I think, you know, that's it's, it's a primetime game there in Ames, you know, that, that grass is going to slow everybody down a little bit. Uh, Iowa state's wearing the all blacks like there, this, the, I think that atmosphere, even though it's certainly not the same as 2019 or any other year, I think it's still going to be an interesting challenge for Spencer Rattler um, and this sooner team. And, and certainly, I don't know. Like I said, I just think, I just sort of think now Oklahoma is aware of, of the weaknesses. They've had a week to, to address them. Um, and, and I'm, I think Lincoln's the right, like going to apply the right kind of pressure this week on his team. And so I think we get a pretty strong performance from Oklahoma, but certainly some very good teams have gone up to Ames and, uh, and found a way to lose. So I, I hope that that one does kind of live up to the billing that it is, you know, a real, a real four quarter slugfest.
2: Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I hope it's a great game too, because I will, uh, I'll be there in my first road my first road game of the year. So I'm I'm very much looking forward you, to it.
1: You driving that, I assume? I am. How far
2: yeah, is that? About eight hours. It's but it's straight up I-35. It's really not that bad
1: of a drive. Are you are you coming through Nebraska?
2: No, you go to Kansas City and then through Missouri. I so I guess you don't go all the way up I-35, but you know hmm. to Kansas City, you're on I-35.
1: That's uh that's Could you go? Could you it, go through Omaha? You could, could, could you? you could. You Yes. Yes, you could. You could. You can yeah. come over to my house, and we could. We could. Uh, we could do that. But I've I've no. never
2: been to the state of Nebraska, <laughs> one of my states I've never You've been. Never to. Never been to the
1: state of Nebraska. Never been to the state of Nebraska. Not ever. Never. Never. I'll, I'll tell you something. Uh, I've done the drive. Um, certainly, I've done the drive from Austin to Nebraska. a Bunch. You, that's a very boring part of the country to drive through. I've I've done the drive from Lincoln, to Ames. That's a very boring part of the country to drive through. So. I'd load up on the podcasts, um, including our own, obviously please subscribe Jason to our own podcast and listen to it, done. um, as a devoted listener and, and take some notes on how we can improve. Um, but I would load up on the podcast or, or, or phone a friend cause it's going to be a, a very quiet drive. Yeah.
2: I'm, I mean, it's a drive I've made before. So I I've, I've done this before looking forward to Fong's pizza in Des Moines on Friday night. So
1: there you go. There you go. Well, what else we got to hit? Is that it? I think we're good, man. We did it? I think we did it
2: again. We somehow managed to make it through two of these.
1: They haven't canceled us yet. Not yet. We didn't get as many Sunny references in this time, did we? I'd written in the notes, we were going to make a joke about like, you know, the Sooners get analyzed. Like, let's really unzip them. I think we did that a little bit.
2: We did, but we didn't explicitly say it. We got to be better about that with our Sunny references.
1: I know. We didn't build a drop into this one either. We can do better. All right, man, for Jason Kersey, I'm Max Olson. Thank you for listening today. Please subscribe to our show, One True Pod, on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review and a good rating, and and you can find all of our stories on The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up now for $1 a month by going to theathletic.com slash One True Pod. You don't just get the best college football coverage around. You get all of our sports coverage with that deal, so be sure to take advantage, and we'll see you next week.